Thomas. Mikey. You in a good mood today, buddy? Oh, the best. <laughs> well, listen to this. Do you know that researchers at the University of Utah say if you take ibuprofen while listening to Mozart, you can cut your inflammation by 93% compared to just 70% if you don't do any music. Can it do anything for my anger? No. Well, it might. Take it with Let's a big play list. some Mozart right now. <laughs> I want to get some pills going. Oh, <laughs> I want to see yeah. what happens. Now, this study offers groundbreaking insight into therapeutic capacity of music. Now, this was done with mice. And if the findings translate to us, it suggests music can be used to help reduce the amount of pain medication. You know, this isn't new. When our boys came back from the war in World War One, they used this kind of treatment for shell shock for soldiers. Did you know that? I did not. What about all the other subsequent wars? How come they didn't pick up on that? Well, I'm sure they did, but this is when it first started. Oh, I thought this was new information. Well, it is, but this is another twist on it. Okay. But, but I say nothing beats silence, right? Well, you know, in the radio business, we call that dead air. So. Dead air. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Now, you ever listen to Mozart? Yeah, I love Mozart. I love classical music. How about you? Not really. I mean, sometimes I'll get into the the very dramatic. You're more of a metal Mozart. <laughs> a metal. Mo- I don't like that soft stuff with the strings and everything. Yeah. But, but when that builds those big timpani drums and stuff. Right. right? You got to have something to bang your head against the wall <laughs> to make things right again. Now, to me, jokes are a good way to hide the pain. Like when you yell at me. Yeah. I use jokes to fight that. (laughs) You need something. And music calms the savage beast. You've always told me that. Of course. And I need more of it, by the way. (laughs) Tom and Mike. So, Thomas, when you were a young boy, did anybody in your family ever pass on to you an heirloom? I don't believe so, no. (laughs) Me neither. Why do you ask? Because some guy in the Philippines, great-grandfather, bought a pearl from a fisherman many, many years ago. And this pearl is the size of a cow's head. No. Yes. And today, that heirloom may be worth $90 million. Was this particular oyster growing up around the nuclear power plant? (laughs) That's what I want to say. How do you get a clam that has something that big? This is a gem of a story, isn't it? It is. So you get the cow's head and you get the oyster. So you got a little surf and turf there. Right. I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry all of a sudden. I bet Chris Christie wish he found that clan, didn't he? Oh, I bet he did. But you should see this thing. It looks like a giant 65-pound silly putty. I mean, there's no form to it. It's just a big mess. But, you know, I guess it would be tough to make earrings out of it or a necklace. But $90 million, I'd get rid of that thing right away. Oh, yeah. Steve Miller, take the money and run. Too bad he didn't say a pig's head. He said a cow's head, because then we could have played Pearls Before Swine. Oh. Who did that song? That was Machine Head. There you go. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) So you never had a uh, heirloom? Mm, No, I don't think so. Nobody in my family ever gave me anything. I was the black sheep. You know that. Come on. I had a, a gold pocket watch. God knows whatever happened to it that I got one of the few things from my father. Boy, I wish I had that thing right now. Not because... Did it have a picture of you inside? No, but it was gold, you know? Uh, solid man. gold? I don't know if it was solid gold, but it was it was gold. And, you know, as you're a young kid, you just misplace things and... You didn't misplace it. You went to one of those gold shops. N- no. <laughs> I ever been to a pawn shop? No. Me neither. I've been inside of a pawn shop, but I've never pawned anything. And I used to watch that TV series, Pawn Stars. Right. But I don't think that counts, right? 
Yeah. So you're never broke enough to pawn anything? I did pawn one something. That's funny you said that. Matter of fact, I thought you said no. Well, I mean, when you brought that up, my brother's best friend, father was a scout for the Phillies and he got a baseball jersey, Richie Allen. I don't know if you know that name, but Richie Allen was a borderline Hall of Famer, played for the Phillies and went to the Chicago White Sox. Also one of the original stars of Happy Days. (laughs) But I had his Phillies jersey, number 15, with his name stitched in the back by the neck. And I had that. I took it from my brother and kept it all these years. And then there's this radio personality that was a a sports memorabilia collector. I found out about it. Took the train down to Philadelphia, went to the station WMMR, WIP, where he worked. And he bought it for me for $300. And it was worth a lot more than that. And I feel bad about that. That's my... wonder what it's worth today. Probably a lot more. Anyway... You know, when you get a baseball player who was also one of the stars of Happy Days, <laughs> you, you probably have a real collector's item. But that's when I was down and out. I didn't really have much money, and uh, I needed to, I don't know, pay the rent or something. So, How are things money-wise for you now? <laughs> They're still pretty bad, but I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. I'm sorry. Guy. You uh, sound you happy. I know. You know, you got a beautiful wife. She's yeah. got a great job. Got this great radio show going. Great, great boss. you got to count your blessings. Never yells at me. Tom and Mike. There are a lot of single guys out there, and they probably haven't asking the same question, the, the age-old question, how do you make a woman happy? You know, the largest demographic for the next 25 years is going to be women ages 40 to 65. And they're still going to be millennials. But listen to this. That's the biggest demographic. So if you're single, out of work, and looking for a job, I guess you couldn't go wrong being a gigolo, could you? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Men's Health did a survey. And they asked 3,000 women across the country, what makes them happy? You ready? I'm ready. Number one, believe in yourself. Women love a confident man. Okay. Don't take yourself too seriously. Follow through. Say what you mean and do what you say. All right. The little things matter. Little acts of kindness. Women appreciate that. Little things, but certain little things are matter more than others, right? Right. Tease lightly. Nobody likes a tease that goes overboard and stuff. Tease lightly. Tease lightly. So when you bully and call people names. Right. Women don't like that, right. do they? Now, here's something I know that you do that makes Karen happy. Take care of your appearance, right? Absolutely. I'm in that shower at least, oh, once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Take responsibility. Yes, the women love a responsible man. Got a TCB, right? Right. And listen to them. Well, you know, that's uh, something guys are really not good at. Right. They want to be cared for. Do the dishes for them, but don't do it just to get lucky and better. I didn't know this until recently. Karen and I have been together for a while. Right. And all these years together, I didn't know that she was building up this inner resentment about me not helping her put her coat on. Ooh. Yeah. So we're out with another couple. The other guy helps her with her coat. I don't even think about that. (laughs) I've never thought about that. It's still hard for me to think about it. Every once in a while, I'll think about helping her with her coat, and she'll go, oh, thank you so much. And you'd be amazed at the fringe benefits of just something little like that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I'm surprised, knowing Karen a little bit, that that would be one of the things she's... Now, what about Claire? Do you help her with her coat? No. Yeah, so it's something I don't think about. Right. But even when we do listen, we don't listen. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I might have heard her say that a few times, but did I ever change to go about trying to do it? Well, I attempted to. It's kind of like, okay, trash day, bringing in the trash cans. That drives her crazy. And I always forget to bring in the trash cans 
And she comes home and she goes, you forgot to bring in the trash cans. I have all good intentions of doing good things, but it doesn't always work out that way. So how about a little compassionate? How about a little empathy on the other side, right? Yeah. I treat her like a princess. The only time we ever fight about anything, I treat her so well about the heat. The heat, the heat, the heat. What's wrong with the heat? She wants it up and I want it down. That's the only thing we fight about. But let's be honest. Women are rarely, if ever, happy, are they? Come on, tell it like I, it I think, is. I think the operative word here is content. Yes, I think a woman can be content. Is she ever truly happy? No, there's always judgment coming our way. Come on, girls. Give us like a break. I like the old days better. Keep them pregnant and in the kitchen, right? Oh. <laughs> and barefoot. And down by the creek doing the laundry. Tom and Mike. This little story is going to blow your mind because it blew my mind. Precious metals in human waste is worth millions of dollars. Waste from 1 million Americans, just for example, could contain as much as $12 million worth of metals. Wait, what? Yep. If you go through a person's poo, there's gold, there's silver, there's hair care products, detergents, and even nanoparticles that are put in socks to prevent bad odors. All comes out in the poo. There's gold in them there, poo. There you go, buddy. That was your joke, right? <laughs> what a beautiful I don't gold. get it, though. Come on. I got to sift through all that. Well, they, they have well, <laughs> So are they doing that down at the sewer plant? I don't think so. The sewer could be paying for itself. I always felt some people literally crapped money, didn't you? Yes. I guess you could say this is the latest poonzy scheme. Poonzy scheme. Mm. Now, all public toilets should be taken over by the State Department to help pay for the national debts. That's what they should do. That's what they should do. Or send your poo to the tax office. Let them sift it out, right? Yeah. Yeah, you want my $800 I owe? Here, here's three days worth. There's $800 there somewhere. I know there is. So it seems like you can polish a you-know-what. Oh, and make it shine? (laughs) I guess I could say, can I? No, you can't say Oh, that. I can't? No. So I guess Gold Digger takes on a whole new different meaning, Gold digging <laughs> in all the wrong places. So now, when you go to the bathroom, just say to yourself, I'm sitting on a gold mine. You are. How is there gold in your poo? I don't know. I think you need to dig deeper. <laughs> I want you to- <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, and you'd be happy to, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> oh. I would- Google precious metals and human waste, and you come back and tell me how the gold and silver gets in there. Yeah, well, this might be our next new money-making scheme. Who knows? <laughs> Here's one for you. What's that? Our daily podcast. How's that working out? Uh, What's this world coming to dot com? Tom and Mike. I don't know if this would be a blessing or just a real thing to worry about in your life, but this woman in Scotland, she's 71 years old. She's lived her whole life feeling no pain. She's broken bones with no reaction. She actually burns herself and doesn't even know it's happening until she smells her flesh burning. Yeah, that's a bad thing. I've heard of people like that. She's had dental work and going through childbirth with no pain. The BBC had her eat the hottest chili, and she smiled through the whole process. Well, can she taste it? Yeah, there's no pain. This is congenitally insensitivity. It's called CIP. I feel sorry for her poor husband. But he can never satisfy her, could he? What do you mean? Well, you just said she can experience pleasure, just not pain. Well, I guess. Yeah, that joke doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for trying, unless she was into, you know, S&M or something. I wonder if she ever worked for a big company, had a boss who was a pain in the ass. I wonder if she felt that. That's an emotional pain. Oh, is it? Yes. 
you know, if this is really true, I mean, I know that doctors do wonderful things, but they need to get her genes, isolate them and figure out how you can do this for other people. I'm not saying I want to go through life not feeling any pain at all, but I think this would be a wonderful thing for people that experience all kinds of you know difficult pain, living with arthritis or rheumatism or whatever. You no, know? it's a bad thing, actually. I mean, can you imagine? You accidentally stuck that knitting needle in your eyeball. You have no idea it happened. Well, one time I was a kid, we built a tree for it, right? And one of the guys was up in the tree for it. For some reason, we had a bucket of apples. There was an apple tree around the tree. And... Somebody was hoisting up the bucket to get to the top of the tree for it. And I was underneath it, right underneath it. The guy dropped the pulley system, whatever it was, and the bucket of apples fell right on my head. Now, it didn't bother me, but all of a sudden the kids started screaming. There was blood coming all down my neck and split my head open. (laughs) And you never felt any pain? I I never felt anything. They took me to the hospital and I had 10 stitches in the middle of my head. One hard noggin you have. One hard Pollock head, baby. You've told me that many times. I have. You trying to get through this thick thick (laughs) Polish head of mine. It doesn't work. It never works. Oh, brother. You know, I remember when the dentist asked me if I wanted helium. And I said, will it kill the pain? He says, no, but when you scream, it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Tom and Mike. Thomas, did you know that just by adding iodine to salt makes you smarter? No, why is that? Well, actually, it makes you 15% smarter. I did this big study. It turns out that people that didn't get iodine or salt in their diet, like people that lived in rural areas in the Midwest and stuff where they didn't eat a lot of fish and everything because there's a lot of salt and iodine in fish, their IQs were 15% lower than people that ate a lot of fish. Fish is the brain food. You knew that, right? Right. Without sufficient iodine in infancy and during childhood, kids developed dwarfism and mental retardation. Adding iodine to salt made Americans smarter. Did you know that? I did not. How about that? You can buy iodine-free salt. You know that, right? Yeah. I don't want you to do that, okay? Yeah. Okay. So I guess you could say uh, never go against the grain, right? Unless the grain has gone against you. What? Yep. And if you don't know how to cook people, just add salt, right? Yeah, I'm not big on salt. You're not? Yeah. Iodine or no iodine. I don't think salt's really good for you. I guess we need it, but it's in everything anyway, so you're not going to avoid it, right? Yeah, it's hard to know just the amount of what the salt to take. That's why I have two margaritas, and then I think I just have enough salt those two margaritas. Do you suck the rim dry? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I bet you do. You know what I had last night? We went out to dinner, my lovely wife and I. And I had a, a grown-up drink, even though I'm a grown-up. I haven't usually, it's an old-fashioned. You ever drink an old-fashioned? Yeah, it's been a long time. What's in that again? Whiskey. They put a maraschino cherry. They put some kind of liqueur or something. I don't know. All I knew was it was very expensive. $14 for that. I got pissed. I'm not a cheap man, but I don't like to overpay. That's too much for a drink, $14. That's about right for a cocktail. you got to go to happy hours because a lot of restaurants are doing these happy hours now and drink prices are like half off. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I don't like paying 14 bucks for a drink, but that's kind of the going rate for a cocktail. I know. It's ridiculous. I remember a couple years ago, my wife and I went to a brand new bar that opened up and I got a... I think I jacked Daniels on the rocks and she got a glass of wine and I handed the bartender a $20 bill. She came back and said, it's more. And I thought, that's it. I'm out of here. Had our drink and we left. I was at Spago, Los Angeles. This is maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago. Right. And I'm at the bar and I'm waiting to, you know, meet somebody for dinner. Right. And I'm having a drink. In fact, it was a great drink. I love this drink. 
You want to know the name of it? Yeah. Wolfgang Puck came up with this drink. It's called Pepino's Revenge. And it's made with silver Patron, basil, lime. It's just so good, right? Mm. And it's perfectly made. And I had two of these. And guess how much each one of those were? Just take a wild guess. I'm going to say 20 bucks. 25. Oh. 25 each. So they're probably 30 now. Can you imagine no, a couple of drinks, 50 bucks, boom, and then you got to leave a tip on top of that, right? I don't know. I don't understand it. I would just want to go back to a place that just gave you a nice drink, reasonable price. I don't know. That's why I'm not a restaurateur, neither are you. I'm a foodie. Just give me the good food, and we'll work on getting the intoxication going later, right? That, that drink you just described sounded good. Turn on the Google machine today and Google Pepino's Revenge. It's the best mixed drink I've ever had. Pepino, did you have revenge? No, I, I felt no revenge. <laughs> I felt no pain. Tom and Mike.